Faith 180. You take your face and you turn it around. Faith 180. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to Faith 180, the podcast where faith and mental health collide. I am one of your hosts, Tom Hazelton, and joining me, as always, is Mr. Jordan Hamilton. Hello, world. He has just addressed the world. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Uh, This is a continuation from the last episode we uploaded with Reverend Dave Hockley. So if you haven't listened to part one and you're just jumping in here, I highly recommend going back and listening to the last episode. And once you're caught up, we'll still be here waiting for you. We had an excellent conversation with Dave. We talked about what Dave does. We talked about some of the things Dave's currently loving biblically. And in part two, we're going to look at his first interactions with both Tom and I. And we're going to explore what the Bible has to say about mental health. So I urge you to stick around for this one. Let it play out to the end. We're glad you joined us. And welcome to Faith 180. I do want to chat a bit about when you first met Tom and I. Mm. Within Within a few months of each other. Was it that quick? It was. It was probably a three-month span, I want to say. I know the first time I had met you was actually here at the church before I had first started coming back, whether you remember this or not. I do not. Yeah. Really? I, I believe it was a trunk or treat. Huh. My my parents had a car. Oh, man. And, uh, no way. Yeah, and I remember Mom had introduced us then. We had talked <laughs> for a few minutes. I dressed as Marty McFly from Back to the Future. I know you don't know what that <laughs> means. Yeah. Um, I, I have watched Back to the Future. It was following the... Sidney Crosby golden goal in the 2010 Olympics. Okay. And so I remember nothing about that movie because oh, I was coming down off of like the yeah. greatest hey, sporting hey, Doc, high ever. Doc, we got to get to the clock tower, Doc. We're, we're watching Back to the Future. As soon as we're done wrapping them, we're putting it on. Um, but no, I had met you at... I, it was a trunk or treat. Um, I remember you came up, you had said something to mom, and mom's like, oh, hey, Dave, you know, this is my baby, you know what I mean? And, and uh, I remember we chatted for, for a couple times, but in all honesty, I'm not going to lie. Susan! I'm, I'm not going to lie, and this is going to make me sound, you know, maybe, I, I don't know how it's going to make me sound, but I was like, oh, hey, yeah, you know, pastor, all right, cool. You walk away, I'm like, I'm never going to talk to him again. You said that? I didn't say it. but I'm, I wish I'm, you had. I'm thinking it, I wish you, know, you I'm, had. I'm thinking, oh, you know, when am I ever going to talk to him again, right? Um, but the, the first time you and I officially met, you know, not to bring, bring a damper down or anything, but the first time you and I ever had any sort of real conversation with each other, mm-hmm. uh, it was in emergency in the hospital. I was in there after a failed suicide attempt. And I'm, I'm okay talking openly about that. And my mom has recently told me, and I, I don't remember this at all because it's very pieced that day. Sure you know, I, I don't yep. remember the day as a whole. Yeah. I don't remember what we talked about. I don't remember even really the conversation. I know it wasn't faith-based. I, I, you were just there more so in a comforting role, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But mom has since told me, and this I don't remember... She claims, and and I believe her, that I requested a pastor. Wow. And I don't know, well, I like looking back and thinking about it, I, I know that I, I still to this day believe, you know, come and stop me someday and I'll tell you, I still to this day believe that it was divine intervention hmm, that, yeah. that saved me that day. And I probably had that on my mind. And I don't think it was more so that I wanted to come back to faith. I think I just wanted someone to talk to about it who would maybe understand it. Mm-hmm. But again, like I said, that day is just very discombobulated. It'd be interesting to hear your take on that initial encounter. Mm-hmm. Not only that initial encounter, but you, when I was in the hospital, because I had spent a week uh, in, in the mental health wing, you actually came and visited me there too. Yep. A couple days after yep. the fact. Yep. And I, I, I remember that conversation more, and that's when you... Uh, you read me Romans three twenty three twenty four, which is still wow, is still my favorite Bible verse. Which, you know which I, mean? I don't even remember reading you. Yeah, which you is did. Really cool. And then after that, I makes I, it sound like a bedtime story. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of cool when this happens, yeah. though. Yeah. Um, and then I came to church the Sunday I got out, and I remember you and I talked then too. Yeah. And yeah. I left a blubbering, bawling wreck because mm-hmm. it really moved me that day. So I'm just interested in hearing your 
take on our initial meetings? Yeah. Um, it was a Monday afternoon, and it was in October 2019. Yep. And your mother called me and just told me like that you were in the hospital. I can't remember all the details she told me, but, and I don't remember exactly what I was feeling going into that. And you talk about intimidating. You talk about like going up to someone and, and appearing intimidating, mm-hmm. which again, hopefully not the case. It's common that I will go into a meeting, a visit, a hospital visit, feeling intimidated. That for whatever, or at least on edge, perhaps nervous. This was one of those. I didn't know you. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I'd ever walked into a situation like this before. And no, but I knew enough about you, just in having chatted with with your mom, who has worked very closely with the ministry for years. And if I may, is an influential part. In my role in ministry, Tom's mom, Susan, is has been a godsend as far as so many ways. She helps me in ministry. She's my volunteer ministry assistant, and I can't say enough. And so if she's listening to this, I wasn't propped up to say this or anything. Um, <sighs> like, she has legitimately been one of the most vital parts of my ministry. So, Susan, thank you. You're the best. Um, Did but, we say that she was also my teacher? Have we said that? Yeah, oh, no. Right. <laughs> I, I, no, I don't think that's ever come I up. I don't know. If oh, we, not on the podcast, but I, you and I. I don't have. think we talked about it in the first one. No. But Susan taught me in second grade. Yeah. There is. Awesome. And yeah. I think she uh, suspended me, <laughs> but I, I deserved it. I'm not going to give the details, but I remember the day quite vividly. Um, she also taught my father. He was in her first ever class. And you taught. were in her last ever class. I was in her last. Wow. Yeah. Well, okay, that's wild. That is yeah. wild. Coincidence? <laughs> I don't know. So, um, I was just going to ask, Dave, before you get back to that. Yeah. Do you get intimidated on a given Sunday? Nerves like you would have felt that day walking in? To Tom? Yeah, depending what it is sometimes, for sure. So, yeah. like, an equi- equivalent feeling of getting up in front of 500 people and giving a sermon. Sometimes, yep, yep. So, preaching okay. preaching is often just because of the weight of responsibility and wanting to honor God, really, is what that is, and to communicate clearly for people. Other times, it could be it could be helping lead communion, it could be perhaps introducing myself to someone for the first time. Like, there can be different reasons where something might feel weighty or, or a little nerve-wracking, but it's very common. But, on a Sunday but walking that into that room felt weighty. Walking into Tom's room for, in the hospital, what you're referring to there, yeah. for sure felt very weighty. Yeah. And I don't remember... I remember... I, I certainly remember more about that interaction than you do. Mm-hmm. I think I was surprised pretty quickly by how it turned to some pretty open conversation. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, okay, we've settled in here and we're having a pretty good talk. And I felt like I could speak honestly and not necessarily have to dodge the weight of Mm -hmm. what was clearly happening in the moment, right? Right. Sometimes when you're walking into a serious conversation and you don't necessarily feel like you know how to get into it or or know... Um, what to talk about. This didn't feel like that for very long. Right. Um, it quickly became you and I chatting openly. And and faith was part of that equation a little bit because you started talking about coincidences. Right. And I can't remember exactly what, but you had alluded to a couple of things of how you had chalked them up to coincidences. And in this moment, instead, laying in the hospital bed, you started wondering... Is this actually perhaps God working in my life? Right. Um, you were very guarded with that, not jumping on it by any means, but certainly starting to question, like, where is God in all of this? And I hope I'm being true to all of that. I think I am. Yeah, the, I, I would say 100%, yeah. Yeah, and so it ended up being a very interesting, very interesting might not be the right word for it, but interesting interaction, mm-hmm. pretty comfortable, and... That's the one thing. It's funny you say comfortable because I just remember, because you saying you coming in, you were intimidating. Yeah. 
to me, it was, oh, hey, here's this super warm, inviting guy, and I can <laughs> I can talk to him, you know? Like, granted, like I said, I'm, I'm in a hospital bed hooked up to oxygen, right? And I, I'm sure I looked like, I don't even know what I looked like, and, and Dave's just like, oh, hey, what's going on? Like, like, while still being compassionate at the same time, right? And which is which is so interesting because I think I often go into rooms feeling like, God, I've got nothing. Yeah. Like what would this person what would this person want my presence for? Yeah. What would what do I actually have to offer here outside of him? Yeah. And so I'm just gonna give him full credit on that of that I'm I'm claiming the Holy Spirit was working in that moment. And to be honest Because I, really it's just a thirty four how old was I at the time? I was Thirty, a thirty-year-old yeah. guy you'd never met before. I was thirty-four, thirty-three, yeah, thirty-three, thirty-four. Yeah. So in theory, that should mean not a whole lot, right? But if God's in that, it can really mean something. But but again, I couldn't tell you what I wanted you for. So I, yeah, I remember that one. I remember feeling encouraged, and I don't like I don't know what I was thinking as far as what would lie ahead for you. Mm-hmm. But I found you oddly receptive. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So yeah. And then, and then, like I said, you came and visited me a couple days after the fact. And again, oddly receptive. And, and what's funny about that is that's another, I'm going to use the term, coincidence. Yep. Because I talked in the first podcast that I was sitting in, in the room and every day you're, you're on the mental health wing, the nurses ask you, do you want to go, do you want to talk about what you're feeling you know, do you, do you want to? They yeah. ask you like three or four times a day yeah. and yeah, every, sure. and every day it's, it's no, sure. like, I don't want to, you know, just leave me alone. You know, yeah. I just want to go sit in my room and, and they're just like, you know, you got to come out of your room. And if you don't come out of your room, maybe you might be in here longer. Like, you know, you have to come out, you have to start doing whatever. And I remember there was one day I, I was sitting in, in the wing and I was just feeling myself just getting more and more agitated and frustrated at the fact that I was admitted here when I'm like, I need to be out there. I need to try and right some wrongs. I need to, you know, do whatever. And I just remember just bubbling up and just getting more and more frustrated. And I'm going to say I was, I was on the verge of getting, you know, I'm, I'll say pissed off mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm Beep. clutching I'm I'm clutching the uh, the arms of the chair and I'm just getting ready to go track down a nurse and then the door opens and in walk you and I'm just like I just remember sitting there I'm just watching I'm like that's Dave and I I remember watching you and you went to the nurses and they pointed at me and I'm like he's here to see me and just everything I was feeling just went away and it's like I just got to talk to this guy wow so wow. Yeah. Right place, right time. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, that's what that was. That's yeah, that was. I, I was going to say, and you saying that he was oddly receptive, the whole time I was thinking about was his heart was obviously open to receive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In some in a moment capacity, of crisis. Yeah. Which is incredible mm-hmm. as, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. I also experienced the same thing where I, you know, I remember when I opened up to receive, but it was like... Wow, flood in and take over, and hmm. you know I'm surrendering everything. So, and I'd spent so long keeping that heart closed and guarded, and hmm. not being receptive, and literally, literally laughing every time I heard something from the Bible, being like, "Oh, that's just a fairy tale." <laughs> like, and then all of a sudden, look at me now, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's awesome. Yeah, unreal. I'll. Uh, all, my story is slightly different, uh, kind of brief, but uh, coincidence has certainly played their role in all of this. Mm-hmm. I met Dave after... So, some of you heard part of my story on the pilot episode, but after a battle with mental illness, I was taken in by my sister. And she's actually going to join us to talk about what that experience was like because mm. there's parts of that that I don't remember. Um, and Jessica's joining us for that one too. And Jessica will be on to awesome. oh, talk about cool. Tom's state of mind. And uh, I learned recently that there was things that I didn't remember happening happening. So it's going to be, that'll mm. be an interesting conversation. 
after all that had kind of happened and things had settled and I had been on uh, medication, I uh, was invited to celebrate recovery one night, which is a great, Dave, you can probably speak to what it is best, but I think you probably should, if you want to, just briefly, a brief overview of Celebrate Recovery. A little CR commercial. I tried to remember what you what you said on, what you say on stage, bring your hurts, your hang-ups, your, but I couldn't remember what they all were. It's for anyone with hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Habits. And, which, to peel back the curtain a little bit, is everyone. Yeah. We're yeah. all hurting, <laughs> we all have things in our past, we all have ways that we try to cope that aren't healthy, and Celebrate Recovery talks to those things through the lens of Jesus yeah. and his love for us and his his ability to change us. So it's it's incredible, it's so encouraging and it's a place where people really find some healing and hope. And I think if you're listening and you need more information, just email faith180crew at gmail.com and we'll get you some info. If if you're interested in celebrate recovery, that's where I met Dave and uh we didn't really meet. I sat in the back and watched a few videos um looking back the whole journey was kind of interesting i was there with my sister and her husband which i'm gonna say she would be okay with it uh they brought me and uh we were just sitting there listening and there was a few videos that played on the tv and then this dave guy got up and i mean yeah, I noticed the reflection on your head. <laughs> well, you're going to notice, Dave. He's six foot five, incredibly ripped. Like, I didn't really know him. I kind of knew Dave, but not really. I'd come to the church off and on, I think, made appearances, but uh, he certainly didn't know me at that point. And he gave his testimony that night, and something came over me. I went home the next night, wrote Dave an email, and said, you know, I've got some things going on I need help with can we meet and then we did and hmm. i'll be the first to say that making those steps through that door and down that hall were pretty pretty humbling the first time and probably as scary as you walking into tom's room in that instance just sure. when it feels like something's on the line it was weighted mm-hmm. uh, tremendously i remember walking out and that's where we met the first time in your office so mm-hmm. feel free to comment on anything you felt or looking back on or well it's it's funny I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the email because just before you mentioned that I thought my first memory of Jordan is that email and I couldn't tell you a single thing that was in it I just remember thinking Jordan Hamilton Jordan Hamilton I know a lot of Jordans know a lot of Hamiltons who the heck is Jordan Hamilton? <laughs> Why do I not know this guy? And it always bugs me a little bit when someone knows me, but I don't know them. And so I, I remember that moment of, and then just the, the sentiment in your email of, hey, let's talk and being honored to be asked and happy to sit down and talk. And I remember like, ironically, very similar to Tom's story, I think I probably remember more about those initial re- interactions than you might, just because of what you were going through at the time with everything post-concussion. And you were very clearly in a foggy headspace, if I'm, I think I'm remembering that correctly. You're remembering it better than me. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I don't know if I said anything or asked any questions. I, I don't really know. They, so I remember it being very clear that that was having a significant effect on you. And I think your desire to be to be open and to talk, and yet how much of a challenge that was because of what your what your body was dealing with at the same time. Yeah. It was it was it was unique for sure. Courtney will comment on that too and she'll say that I, I was kind of incoherent in the emergency room where I couldn't really stitch sentences together mm-hmm. about why I was there. She had to do most of the talking, I remember. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then at a later consultation, one of the things the psychiatrist brought up was like, hey, look, we're having a conversation and you're actually saying things. And it's like, yeah, this is different. So transformation there. That's how I met Dave. That's how Tom met Dave. I know a few weeks ago, and even prior to this, you had always said, you need to like meet this Tom guy. Um, yeah, yeah. And I just never knew why. And then one day you were like, "Oh yeah, 
you should meet him and talk about coincidences and like okay yeah someday i'll meet tom and and then i ran into your office probably like three weeks ago with that sermon that came on while mm-hmm. i was praying about getting help with something mm-hmm. and ironically dave's name was the f- top of the page um and the sermon was talking about how going through this process again, it would be different as long as I anchored it in Christ. I was like, man, Dave, this sermon, it's crazy coincidence. I wrote down 52 minutes. It was where the spot was. And I, I don't know how you, you must have thought I was crazy that day, but Not at all. <laughs> I ran Not in there and I was like, man, this coincidences. And the other thing was like, I just gotten laid off and I was praying about whether or not I should start my own business. And that's not Mm, what ended up happening. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I got an email from Crossway, who they're a Bible manufacturing company. And they're usually like, swipe right, delete, get rid of the email. So for some reason, I wanted to open this one. And I opened it and it was like, oh, here's this book you should read. So... I closed the email. And then I was laying there, and 10 minutes later, I, was, I think I think I'm supposed to read this. <laughs> so I open it, click the book, it takes me to Amazon, and I said, I'm going to buy this book on an ebook because I didn't want to wait for it. Like, nope, couldn't log in, couldn't get my password right. And I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> forget it. About 20 minutes later, I was like, I got to read, I got to figure it out. So I just went to the sample on Amazon. And like the second page in, it said something about, you know, if you're a a dad who's struggling to decide whether you should take another job at a company or start your own business. And I'm going, there's no way that happens. Like the chances of me opening that email were slim to none. He again said, like, you should talk to Tom about coincidences. And then I think it was a week later, yeah. and you sent me your podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My other well, podcast. And, and, yeah. and that, was, one. that was the backdrop, because I remember that conversation in our office, but also in the dugout, in a night game, playing playing softball. You yep. and I, you heading out to third base, I'm heading out to left field. And as I'm, as I'm jogging backwards out to left field, I holler back and say, Talk to Tom Hazelton about coincidences, <laughs> and then we're then like the pitch is coming and we're getting ready to play because that was the backdrop of our conversation yeah. from day one, Tom and I, and something that we've like that was a major focus early on, and yeah. now has almost become a laughing point. It's become a joke, right? Because of how intricate it is. It's funny. I'll I'll say something to Dave. And he just looks at me and he has like a smile on his face and he'll always respond with, huh, what a coincidence. What a coincidence. And then he walks away. (laughs) So like just how you guys were each processing major things, starting to consider maybe it's not just coincidences in our lives, but maybe it's actually God leading us here into our next steps. And it's, it's really cool. So it, I remember walking out to left field there thinking like, he just has to talk to Tom. They need to know each other's stories. And sure enough, now you make it a podcast together. So it's, it's, unreal. it's funny because uh, it was actually the the service at Ellenwood a couple weeks ago when I started talking to Jordan. Mm-hmm. I we, we were just shooting the breeze, you know. And, and I remember before leaving for the day, I jokingly say to him, hey, let's be friends. <laughs> and he's like, we already are friends. I'm like, well, let's be friends yeah. and talk. And then, That's what I thought we were. Yeah, and then... And then we, we were talking a little bit more about something. And then I think I actually pulled a Dave, huh, what a coincidence. Huh. And then and then Jordan goes, you know what's funny about that is Dave tells me I need to talk to you about coincidences. It is. And it I'm is. like I'm like, Yeah, it's pretty and wild. Life hasn't been the same since. Right. <laughs> and I uh we started texting a bit more that Monday. Yep. And I called you and we talked for about an hour, hour and a half. And no, you sent me the podcast. No, I, that's what it was first. I was like, hey, you know, you I don't know if you listen to podcasts. I'm like, hey, I'm kind of doing something for fun. And then you had started talking about how you've been kind of hemming and hawing about starting a podcast. And that's when we started talking. And as I'm talking talking with, with Jordan, something about my conversation with him, I'm like, I can trust this guy. Hmm. And hmm. I, I don't think I really held anything back in in telling you things and yeah and that's just kind of what happened it became very clear that we i think i said this this is deja vu that we should have spoken months earlier yeah 
Um, but nonetheless, the Lord does work in mysterious ways. He really does. We are here sitting yeah. around this bathtub. I'm exfoliating right now. <laughs> I'm using I'm using my wife's exfoliating face cream. <laughs> it smells like coffee. Oh wow! Yeah. No, we didn't know that because we were facing the opposite direction. Um, but you and I talked on a Monday. You were at my house on Tuesday. We recorded the pilot episode that I uploaded on a Wednesday. It was that quick. You um, offered me bubbly. Uh, I did. The the water, the sparkling water. And a bubble bath. <laughs> Which I did not accept. <laughs> no, there's a, there's a lot of coincidences, and yeah. I do think the Lord does work in mysterious ways. That's for sure. I want to discuss for a bit mental health and the Bible. Mm-hmm. I don't know where we start here. Maybe Dave can lead us into it. I've got some verses. He has some verses. I, I only have one verse. Like, there's only one verse that came to mind. Tom for me. brought the verse. <laughs> the verse. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. We're going to see uh, if there's any similarities in what we've brought. I brought a ton, though. Yeah. Um, so, since I only came with one, and I'm sure you guys have this as well. First uh, Peter five seven. Nope. No. Dibs on going last. By the way. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. There, Jordan has Excellent. it. Yep. I got it. Excellent. Yep. Bingo. Yeah. So it's uh, cast all your anxiety on him because mm-hmm. he cares for you. Mm-hmm. You know that is. You said that is the verse. I think that is the verse. He I'm did. sure. I'm he sure did. you guys are gonna have others as well. You brought the verse. I will say I got a, I got a stat here from the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. 264 million people struggle with depression. What? That many? Yep. 264 million people struggle with depression, and 40 million people struggle with anxiety. So this touches everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't have it, you definitely know someone who has it. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. And it's crazy to think that like modern medicine has only really put a focus on this in the past... 20 years, would you say? I'd say the last 20 years, but if, if we're talking, you know, and I don't want to put like a like a divide here, but last 20 years altogether, maybe last seven or eight in men. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah that is a very good point. I have uh, some interesting verses here. Um, the, these first few, they talk about anxiety, and you've already read First Peter 5, 7, but John 14, verse 27 Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I love this verse, mainly because he's saying, like, you're not going to find peace in the world. Straight up, not as the world gives do I give to you. That's right. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I mean, he lays it out there in black and white, but I just think it's it's today's society and how we turn to other people and platforms for approval and acceptance. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this clearly states that there's no nothing in the world that's ever going to give you that peace. No. So yeah, I just I really love I really love that. You, you mentioned us turning to other platforms. I mean, people. You know, they post things on social media for for that click, for that like, and yep. what's that at the end of the day really accomplishing? And on that note, another verse I have, Galatians one ten. This also touches on like worldly approval, if if that makes sense. Uh, Galatians one ten. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you receive, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And that whole section kind of just hit me like, what are we doing trying to please man? (laughs) Where did did we go wrong? Thinking that that was going to give us the peace that we're looking for, the inner peace that we're we're searching for. So 
I just find that's very fascinating. Um, Dave, any comments on either of those verses? I mean, my peace I leave, my peace I give you. It's almost good that he starts, that he doesn't reverse that and start by saying, let not your hearts be troubled. Because a person could look at that and say, well, why? Like, have you looked around? But he starts with saying, here's what I'm giving you that the world doesn't. And that is really the only way that we can and each of us in this room have looked in many different corners, many different places, spent and wasted a lot of time searching ultimately for peace in different forms. And yet Jesus makes it plain. He leaves it for us, which we should honestly just take at face value. Of he makes it available. It's do we want it and will we trust him with it? Um, it's it's not it's not a, a Lucy and Charlie Brown thing. <laughs> like he he has he has laid it out there for us. Yeah, it's a, it's a faith one eighty. I mean, <laughs> I gotta say it, but yeah, it's a faith it's a faith one eighty in a sense. You you have to have the willingness to receive. I think mm-hmm. is is mm-hmm. huge. And just, just on that, the the willingness to receive, and I say to people all the time, I I grew up in church. Yep. Um, I actually grew up in this church. And and it's totally different coming to faith on your own because your heart is open and you're ready to receive than just coming here on Sunday because it's what your parents tell you to do. Because, hmm. you know, sure. I, I like I said, I grew up in church. I called myself, you know, a Christian. You know, I was I was a you know, I was a church rat, you know what I mean? Yeah. Youth groups, yeah. uh but I never really ever took that time to explore what that means. It was always, like I said, we come here on Sundays. It's what my parents say I need to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. But now coming yep. to church because I want to and my heart is open and I'm ready to receive, it's totally different. I love it. So I'll, I'll just read one more uh, scripture. Psalm 40. Dave loves his psalms. Loves the psalms. I got a bunch here, actually. I'm going to leave them for, I think, Dave. This is kind of long, along the lines of depression. It's certainly a, vo- a verse, a passage of scripture I find very interesting. Uh, Psalm 40, and I'm going to go from... Actually, I'm going to start with these, I call them descriptive words, actually. As, as kind of a, you know, when you hear these, do they sort of define uh, depression or how you feel when you're depressed? And those words are uh, pit of destruction... And miry bog, Psalm 40 reads, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. Mm-hmm. Amen. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of, my miry, out of the miry bog and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see in fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. Who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie, and I think that lie is simply everything being sold to us out in, uh, you know, society today. So, but as you read all that, can't you picture all that? Oh, can't can't you picture movement to movement, everything, like lifted out of the miry bog, set on a rock, and the security that comes from that? God puts a new song in my mouth, like we go from wailing. And flailing about in a miry bog, having nothing going for us, to God, literally by his grace, putting us on a firm foundation and changing everything to the point where it's praise coming out of us instead of despair that we're voicing. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a passage of hope. Very hopeful when I read that. And when I read those descriptive words, I was like, man, I feel like I've, yeah, I've certainly been in the pit of destruction. Hmm. Pit of self-destruction. Yeah. The miry, foggy bog. And yeah, just incredible scripture there. Um, Dave, why don't you give us a little bit on what the Bible says about mental health? I see you've brought some 15 pages of notes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Get comfortable, folks. Yeah, I I brought two verses. Um, You could go forever. There's so many 
There's so many great. That's spots. something I realized is you. Yeah, you could keep going for days. When you when you said you wanted to talk about that, my initial thought was like, how much should I? How bring? long? <laughs> yeah. 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 How so, long do we go for? So I decided to keep it to two. One of them is some is a verse that rolls around in my mind all the time, um, and that I have written out and placed just below where I keep my computer in my office. Philippians four six and seven, which says, "Do not be anxious about anything." But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I mean, honestly, when I was thinking about this verse the other day, I was caught by the third word. Do not be anxious about anything. And I think that's important because sometimes we need to acknowledge that feeling is different than being. That's very important. We can all struggle with feeling a certain way. I mean, common language that is used all the time in this day and age. Of I was feeling anxious, talking about my anxiety, right? And I mean, we are much better at talking about these things than we ever have been yep. at any point in history, I think. But just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean it needs to control how you live. I go back thinking often of people I met at Celebrate Recovery and being floored by the amount who said that for one of the main reasons they come to Celebrate Recovery is they're dealing with anxiety. And to me, if you are dealing with anxiety, my initial thought is, well, how in the world did you even get here tonight? Yeah. How did you bring yourself out of bed? How did you bring yourself to come through the door? But I think that's actually, in a sense, what this speaks to a little bit of you can feel a certain way without allowing it to control how you live. These are people who, in a lot of ways, are taking that verse to heart of I may feel anxious, but I'm not going to be that way. Instead, I am going to, in everything, present my request to God. I'm going to give him thanks for what he's done, which is what celebrate recovery is all about, really. Yep. And... And pushing and not being defined by the way we feel, which depending on where a person is any given day might be easier to say than do. But the scripture still holds that when we when we claim what God has given us, the ability to release it all to him, give him thanks. He's faithful to meet us with that same peace quoted here that you talked about in, in John 14. So that's that's one verse that I really love. Um, but also 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. This is the Apostle Paul talking. He says, these are his words, but he said to me, so now Paul starts quoting, starts quoting God, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And, and when it comes to mental health, and in this sense, mental illness. I don't believe Paul was talking about mental illness, but I'm, I'm specifically looking at the word weakness. Mental health, when it's in decline, mental health when we're not feeling well, doesn't have to be a death sentence. Um, it sucks. Like, we can, we can all acknowledge that, right? When our mental health isn't well, it sucks. But God's power can be on a display on a daily basis through what we struggle with, according to this verse. And I think the word weakness there is really important because we so reject that kind of language in 2023, don't we? Yeah. We hate the idea of weakness. We'd rather flip it and and turn everything into a strength. Right. And yet so much of the stuff that we love to put on platforms these days of rising up from within ourselves and all that stuff. If we were honest about what's actually going on within ourselves, we wouldn't call that strength. We wouldn't call that powering up. We wouldn't call that pushing through. We would identify the way we feel a lot of the time as weakness. And so this verse actually talks about embracing, not rejecting, not passing off, not flipping the script, openly embracing, openly and openly talking about our brokenness so that we can at the same time embrace our good and strong God. Because if you and I just go around talking about how we are how we are strong and we're pushing through it and all this all this 2023 language, if that's our mantra, we don't actually need God. 
if that's our mantra and we are fully capable on our own and we will, all these things I've already said, what do we actually need them for? And yet Paul had the awareness of, hey, I don't necessarily enjoy what I'm going through right now, but I'll embrace it because it means God's power, it means the power of Christ rests on me and that is to far greater benefit for me than me just declaring, truly or not, that I'm fine. Like, we would be better off to call a spade a spade, admit when we're not well, and receive what Christ has for us. Amen. I I literally just was just in awe of Dave just then. Well, <laughs> that was a Dave Hockley sermon right there. <laughs> yeah, we were not paying for a sermon, Dave. <laughs> um, I'm just thinking the whole time I'm reading reading these verses over and over while you're talking, and the things that come to the surface for me are like. I think I told you this. I was laid off a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I I had this conversation with my wife where I said this internal tug of war is driving me crazy. Like, I told God that the job thing is his. I'm surrendering it. I, I put my faith in you to take care of it. But I was also refreshing my email every 10 minutes, waiting for an email to come through. So mm-hmm. I said to her, like, my... My heart doesn't match my physical actions. What I what I really want is to just, you know, submit it to him and say, and that's what he wants. He wants us to fully submit things to him and surrender them and say, Lord, here I am. Here is everything. Which isn't much. To him. Right. And that's another, like, myth I think we touched on in the first one was like, or I've mentioned it in church a few times, like, that... People think, oh well, my stuff is too much for, too much for God. Yeah, I pro- and I, I just laugh at that now. Yeah, I'm chuckle. Yeah, we we talked about that about how the grace of God and how it can be yours and, but not me. Like I'll tell oh, I'll, land, t- yes. I'll tell people all the time, you know. Yep. God's grace is there. Yeah. But meanwhile, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, oh, but but still not for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. Yep. That's that's been a major struggle for me over the years. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's it's important to understand your value um, to Jesus or in God. Like you know, He says, like He put us here for a reason, mm-hmm. and that's to spread spread His word. And I think there's just so much power in what the Bible has to say about how to find your own peace. And and the biggest thing for me was like just to quiet my brain down. Um, mm. to where I could actually receive. I think a lot of that process was, okay, I need to shut the things down in my brain that are stopping me from accessing Jesus. Things that were distractions. Things that I now look back on as things that might have been idols to me. My opinion, the like button is an idol mm-hmm. that people worship. And... It's destroying self-worth, self-value. You can't reduce yourself to a like button. I, I talk all the time about how people get lost in the black mirror. And I'm talking about their cell phone. Yeah. You know, because you're just yep. staring in it and it just yep. sucks you in. And, and like you said, just waiting for the like button, posting that status or that picture and just waiting for it to come in, right? Yeah, and and God doesn't care about any of that. No, nope. just so you know, he, uh, you know, he might like your picture, but <laughs> really, at the end of the day, it's, it's it's God's not sitting there clicking like. No, and I'm I'm guilty of it. Oh yeah, you know. Yep, same. How many how many times do people go through their friends list and they're like, oh, I got rid of half. Well, <laughs> okay, but you're letting these people influence how you feel about yourself and your decisions and and you know maybe it's not everybody but it's a lot of people and i'm the first to admit that you can fall into that where the instant gratification of a like button i'm here to tell you that you can get that from jesus Mm -hmm. not all the time you know you can't pray today and instantly he's going to show up but that's the whole part of faith right 
you need to have faith that if you put your trust there, you will receive the answers that you're looking for. And there's no time, there's no timeline on it, which is unfortunate because in our, in my OCD ridden world, I would like a timeline. <laughs> and, and it's funny, you know, going on about the timeline, because I've had that conversation with, with people as well, you know, people not of faith and they're just like, you know, I, I need the instant gratification. I need the whatever. And I'm just thinking, you know, what's, you know, if it takes me 10 years to get an answer, what's that to an eternal being? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What's yeah. 10 years to God? Yeah. So, yeah. It's a scary world out there, you know, not to be dreary, but there's there's a lot of hope in in what's in the Bible. I mean, we just gave you a few examples there quickly, but, I mean, you dive into the Word and... Mm-hmm. The more I started digging, the more answers I got, which is what the Bible says will happen. So I encourage everybody to to grab a Bible and just start digging, you know, asking questions. I think for me personally, it was, who is Jesus? Mm -hmm. Um, That's where I started. And it's been very beneficial to learn, you know, more about who Jesus was. He wasn't just a guy who wanted to convince you not to go to hell. That is a myth. <laughs> He's a whole lot more than that. And and when you start to learn who Jesus is, it can turn your life around. And what's interesting about that, and, and this is kind of just to add some levity to the conversation as we're getting ready to wind down, is is you talk about, you know, going to the Bible to, to learn who Jesus is. I often find myself wondering who Jesus was out of the stuff that wasn't documented. What was he like just sitting yeah. around hanging out with yeah, everybody? Yeah. Like, yeah. was he funny? Was I think he... I think he's funny. I know God's funny. He... Do you know how I can tell you God's funny? Look at the platypus. That is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I've never thought of that. I've never thought of that. Or why would he make it that when turtles rolled over, they couldn't get back? <laughs> but, you know. He's made me laugh, though. Yeah. Exactly. Like in real time, I'll be praying about something and then the obvious answer will come to me and I'll just be like, yep, you're funny. Yeah, no, I, I find myself thinking that a lot is what was Jesus like outside of the stuff that didn't make it into the into the Gospels? Can I ask a question that has nothing to do with any of this? Yeah, of course. I, go I, for I know it. I don't want to go too much longer, but if, as you guys think on your individual faith journeys... And I'm, I'm still rolling around the back half of of Second Corinthians twelve nine. Of therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest on me. Would you guys say that you have experienced Jesus the most when you're at your best or at your worst? Jordan and I both made the same face, and well. It's kind of funny because, you know, it's kind of an oxymoron here because when I'm at my worst, but I'm able to share Mm -hmm. my worst Mm -hmm. and able to open up and able to process and able to whatever, that's what makes me my best. Mm -hmm. So sharing my story, sharing my return to faith, sharing my faith 180, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that's what makes me at my best but even still when I'm at my best I still don't think I'm good enough which just points out that that's Christ working in you that's his power resting on you right Mm -hmm. giving you something to talk about giving you something to share that points people to who he is right when we're at our best when we're feeling great when we're powering up and all this stuff that we do it's one thing but when we're in the miry bog and we're searching for something. Pit of destruction. The grace, the rescue, the power of Jesus doesn't just rest clearly upon us. I think it I think it changes and shapes us. He gets he has our attention perhaps in a greater way than when we're not feeling desperate. And so I think perhaps for anyone who's listening who they're thinking, Man, I don't feel in a great place right now mentally, I would encourage just have an open heart and Tell God what you need. Give him thanks for how he's provided so far and see what he does. See how he provides peace. See how he see how he encourages your soul and see how he answers you in your time of need. Like it, straight from the word, straight from the mouth of Paul, so that the power of Christ 
may rest upon me. We all need that every single day, myself included. I think I receive the most at my worst, mm -hmm. but I see the most at my best. Mm. That's interesting. That's if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. like I'm in a season where I'm receiving a lot. Yeah. But it's also been a great season. Mm -hmm. um, but I find the growth happens at my worst, which is why I say I receive more. But again, that kind of makes me wonder, are we able to receive more at our worst because we want to climb out of that miry bog? So that's why. Well, I, th I think, yes, when yeah. you want to climb out of that bog. Yeah. But that that's step one. Right. You The act of doing it. Because you can think about climbing out of it for years. Yeah. It's taken the first step out of the miry bog. Yeah. Is, yeah. That was a good question, Dave. How how was your first podcast experience, or is this your first or first? Does that mean I passed? So you it's passed. not my last. Uh, no, you. I think I, I think, think you need to be recurring. <laughs> I think you'll be back. Um, I think we can dive. You know, take a deeper dive into the scriptures, possibly. Again, it's it's full of joy and hope, and I'm very glad that you came on with us. Yeah. I enjoyed this chat very much. I enjoyed this. Uh, you know, thank you. For your time thank you for the you know sacrifice away from your family to be here it is past 10 p.m on a wednesday yeah in a bathroom in a bathroom <laughs> i'm out of body wash so i think it's time we wind this down the, so this was a treat and a lot of fun and an honor thank you guys and it was yeah. it was uh pretty humbling and thankful for both of you and how God's working in your lives and it's it's awesome to see really really cool do I take us home take us home Jordan faith 180 you take your faith and you turn it around faith 180 yeah faith 180 is an independent podcast featuring produced and edited by Tom Hazelton and Jordan Hamilton Got a question, suggestion, prayer request, or story of your own faith? Email faith180 at faith180crew at gmail.com. Faith 180 is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Don't forget to follow and turn on notifications for whenever a new episode goes live. Thank you for listening, and remember, you, yes you, you are worthy of God's grace.